And welcome to the state semifinal edition of the Black Swarm Podcast. Hank Piper here with Rob Antonell and quite literally our biggest guest yet, Coach Chip Robinson. What's up? Hello. How's everybody doing tonight? Pretty good. Doing well, doing well. All right, and uh, Jim just wants everybody to know he's in the back, not saying anything back there, mm-hmm. right where he should be. <laughs> so uh, I guess just just get right into it, as we do with all our first-time guests. Chip, let's um, just give a you know summary of your football career and what brought you here to Maslin. Well, uh, football career started at Middletown High School. Uh, I actually played against Maslin my senior year, 07. Uh Pancake Spencer Lino multiple times. <laughs> he will deny it, but it's okay. I, I honestly don't remember playing against him, and there's film of it. But um, Ron probably would be the one to ask about that. Um, went to Bowling Green. I uh, started every position but left tackle at Bowling Green. Started at tight end. Uh, from there, that's where I met my wife. She played basketball. So my wife's six foot, and I'm six six. God. My kids are going to be pretty big. I was going to say you got well, so three kids, right? I have three kids. So you yeah. have three athletes. Hopefully, awesome plan. Um, at Maslin, we live in Perry, but we are we do mm-hmm. they do go to Maslin. Um, so from Bowling Green, I was a GA up at Notre Dame College. Coached Bo Grunder, Joey Studer, and Remark uh, for a year. Got my wife pregnant. Being a GA, making five hundred bucks a month, didn't cut it. Moved. Uh, to Orville, which is where she from. She's from. She went to Waynedale. Um, I coached football for a year or for a couple years at Waynedale. Um, got my teaching license. Uh, went from Waynedale to Triway, and I actually interviewed at Maslin. There was a year I interviewed before I went to Triway. I interviewed at Maslin. Didn't work out for the teaching job, um, and then two years ago, or yeah, two years ago, Coach Moore called me and late june said hey we got a position open we're gonna have a teaching opening uh, would you be interested I said heck yeah <laughs> um so interviewed got the job got the teaching job and been over here ever since uh, loving it um, so yeah and we moved to maslin so it's kind of a our new home nice so you said you played maslin high school did you know about us like before it was that that week's game or have you heard about us or when did you kind of like learn what Maslin is? 
so yeah, um, I I come I come from a football family, um, so I knew who Maslin. I knew a little bit about Maslin. My grandparents used to live in Drumsville, um, so I knew where Maslin was. I um, hadn't really experienced anything. We we kind of knew a little bit. Um, I mean, you see all the things you see on TV and all that, but um, I mean, my football history goes back. Um, to 1914, my great grandfather, who my son's named after, his name's Bear. Um, he was playing for Kentucky or for Cincinnati. They were playing Kentucky, who were the Wildcats, and Cincinnati was just known as the Red and Black team, or the Normals. And um, he was the captain, fullback, linebacker, scored the winning touchdown, and his name's Leonard K. Bear. And the chant went up: "You may have your Wildcats, but we now have our Bearcats." So Cincinnati Bearcats are named after my great grandfather. Oh wow! Damn. <laughs> so in 2014, my grandmother, who's 100, um, it's her dad, and it, it's his name is uh, Bear B A E H R. So it's German. Mm-hmm. Um, so in 2014, my grandmother did the, they did the story on her. She couldn't go down for the hundred year anniversary. She was on a cruise. She was 94 at the time and on a cruise. <laughs> um, so my dad went down. Um, he's in the Hall of Fame. My great grandfather is. Uh, if you go down by the stadium, there's this uh, Bearcat statue, and underneath it is his name. So, yeah, it's pretty cool. So that, my football history goes all the way back to there. So, yeah, he would have known about Maslin, and yeah, growing up around, I always knew about Maslin. Yeah, wow. I mean, there's a story that a, a pretty big story that you first time hearing it. That's, yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely not expecting that one. <laughs> Yeah, so that's why. So, like, when he Bear was born, uh, my son, they did an article in the newspaper. Um, they did an article, like, W, whatever, Cincinnati, Cincinnati ABC called up, did an interview. It's pretty cool. Like, they, they featured him in the alumni magazine. <laughs> so, hopefully Cincinnati Bearcats call someday. <laughs> I mean, how can you not? Plus, you know, yeah. doesn't hurt 6'6 six, six dad, 6'foot mom, football, basketball. He's probably going to get a couple calls. That's that math at least adds up to a max school, <laughs> for sure. But yeah, it's a legacy, right? Absolutely, you know, a couple removed, but it's a legacy. You yeah, know, you're named after it, so right? It's got to be, and they're doing pretty well right now, aren't they? Like number, they're top five, top six or seven, yeah, just or outside the yeah. playoff conversation, which is not bad. Yeah, they're doing get, pretty well. Don't get Coach Simon all fired up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I was going to go, we got a former Maslin player down there now, but I guess we can go Coach Simon, too, get them all jacked up, you know. Yeah, Vinny's doing real well. Which is awesome to see. You got plenty of Maslin kids all over the place. Um, I have nowhere I'm going with this, so Rob, please help me out here. All right. Um, well, let's, uh, let's talk about last week a little bit. Is that all right? Is that too big of a jump? I know, we can do that. All right, let's talk about last week. Um, obviously, a big game, regional champs, four years in a row. Um, we played Perry, um, which I was going to say again, but it wasn't regional last year. Uh, so we played Perry, you know, rival in the sense of they really hate us. I was going to say, is it yeah. rival? Which is why we hate them back. Which is I, Rival I, was in the sense that we kind of don't like each other. I don't know if it's really a no. rivalry, but we dislike each other very much, it seems. I actually wanted to bring that up about, what was that, that Easterling article that he put out Thursday or Friday? Yeah. Um, about how he went into how Mass and Perry is a big rivalry. And I want to push back and say it is absolutely not a rivalry. 
What are we up to now? Seventeen and two. I mean, they refuse to play us, so it's not. That's not a rivalry. Can't be a rivalry. Well, seventeen and two is not a rivalry. It's an ass kicking. Yeah, I mean, you're right. And it's more of a like they hate us, and they're like our little brother, and they get uppity sometimes, and we just put them right back in their place. That's not a rivalry. That's just you know, an, an ass kicking. I'd say they're more of a cousin than a brother. You at least have some respect for your brother. Yikes. <laughs> Not incorrect, but yikes. <laughs> um, yeah, and, you know, Wakefield just wants to take cheap shots about recruiting or whatever. Listen, it's not our fault that we run a pro that we run an offense and defense that's, you know, newer than 1962. It, you're not going to, when you've got the best arm talent in Stark County, he's not going to run the, he's not going to want to run the wing tee. He's going to want to go to a program that will let him sling the rock a little bit. You know, you make your program attractive to players. They want to come play for you. There's no recruiting. It's kids see what we do, and they want to play here. They want to get a chance to see what Madison's all about. You know, kids no. want to win. They want to play. For, they want to play for big games. I mean, there's a reason Coach Moore schedules the way our our schedule is. We don't. We play good opponents. We play the best of the best. I mean, I. You can say what you want to say about. The federal league, it's a good good league, but we play teams that are the top teams in the state, top teams mm-hmm. in the nation, um, and we're given opportunities to do that. And I mean, like I said, I live in Perry, but my kids are going to Maslin. Number one, I teach there. Number one, the the options are endless. I mean, to be able to take my kids into a, a facility the way that Maslin has to go be able to play at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium. Play in the largest scoreboard, uh, high school scoreboard that's east of the Mississippi's. <laughs> I mean, there's there's a reason people put money in there. I've got I've got buddies from my college buddies want to be a part of Maslin. I they buy gear all the time. <laughs> they text me, hey, can you go get me a T-shirt? Can you? I had my one of my best friends move from D.C. or move from Cleveland to D.C. the Sunday after Maslin McKinley last year. Like they postponed, like they were supposed to move that weekend. And his wife <laughs> said, no, we're going to the Maslin McKinley game. And I was like, dude, you want to go? I was like, I can't. I got I to gotta, I gotta move tomorrow morning. And he moved to D.C. And literally on Sunday after the game. <laughs> and they, they text me every week, how we looking? How we looking? How we looking? Yeah, I mean, when it comes to masking, there's, there's a lot for people to like. And, you know, it's something that a lot of people have learned to kind of grow into. And they become masking tigers, even if they didn't start off that way. Um, you know, both um, Matt and Jim sideliners from high school, which I'm pretty close with both of them. Neither one of them were from Maslin, and they ended up learning about it, getting used to it, and then turned into diehard Maslin fans. And, you know, we have plenty of other people that are like that as well. You know, we have some people that interact with us on social media that are not from Maslin, don't really have any ties to Maslin, but they're just huge Maslin fans. Um, but, you know, when it, when it comes to kids like you were talking about, the one thing that I wanted to mention is that, you know, these kids have ties to Maslin. It's not just like a random thing that happens. Um, but also, we, we present the best opportunity for kids. You know, when it comes to college recruitment, the way that our kids get blasted out there to colleges, the amount of college coaches that come here, the showcases that we have, as well as, you know, the way we prioritize academics. And we do so well at getting kids help um, with the study tables and the ACT test prep that, that's some stuff that kids might not get other places, and that might be the deciding factor, you know, between going to college or not. So, you know, for a lot of kids, it makes sense. But 
Um, yeah, back to uh, back to Perry and how Wakefield wanted to complain about us, but we went out there and you know kicked his ass. Uh, started off a little bit slower. Um, bad snap killed us. Bad snap, that you know, yeah, that definitely hurt. Um, start off the game with you know two three and outs in a row, and Perry, even though they didn't capitalize huge, they they, they were kind of eating up a lot of clock. Um, just take us back to the beginning of the game and kind of what you were thinking, you know, especially as an offensive coach, how you're sitting there, like waiting for your turn to get back out there. So honestly, we talked about it because I thought against uh, Westerville South, we were we were a little flat in warm up, warm ups, and I I kind of feel that out. I, I like to look at the skill guys, and I go. You'll see me during warmups. I give somebody, a, I give everybody a fist bump as I walk through and just tell them wish them luck and all that. I mean, I kind of felt we were flat against Westerville South. I felt the opposite against Perry. I thought we came out ready to go. Weren't were fired up. Um, it's probably the most fired up I've seen us all year. I mean, everything just seemed to be clicking. Um, and so our defense did a great job. And first snap just took all the wind out of us on the offense. I mean, it's a bad snap and you lose 14 yards, you're backed up. You don't want to throw a pick. You don't want to do, you got to be smart. And um, we believed in our defense. That's why we ran the ball. Let's see how, how far we can get out here. If we can bust the first down, if we can't, we'll punt the ball. Or we, we believe in our defense. There's a reason why our defense is really good. Um, and then the second, uh, we got a first down on the second drive. Because um, Jaden caught that pass and got a first down, then we went three and out after that. Um, and maybe we hit the wrong hole. Maybe we didn't block it as well. Um, they just they were they made some plays. I mean, and we we didn't execute, and that that's up front. That was on us. Um, and so then we're sitting there, we're just kind of waiting, waiting, waiting. The third drive, first play is a touchdown. I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, it, Coach Coach Miller's going nuts. Like, dude, we can throw anything we want. <laughs> They're doing exactly what we expected them to do, and we took took our shot and completed it. I mean, um, number nine's been playing since probably McKinley week. He's been playing better than he has. He's playing like he's the kid who's going to Ohio State. Um, I've talked to him. I've, I've encouraged him. I tell him to be the best player on the field every single play, and he has been. And Jaden's doing a great job, man. Our Catrone's doing fantastic. Will Trell, <laughs> oh. man, the kid is. Uh, I've, I, I'm the, the JV offense coordinator, so I had him the first few weeks and kept trying to keep him, <laughs> keep him. <laughs> but um, the, I mean, this is this bell rang. He stepped up. Um, People are going to say, well, he didn't have 300 rushing yards. The kid had 100 rushing yards, and we scored 36 or how 42, 43 points? 43. Yeah. So, I mean, they did a good job. I mean, they had seven guys in the box, and we still had 100 yards rushing. Yeah. They played their, you know, 1965, <laughs> 4 4, cover three, 3 defense. And, I mean, they had a good game stop in our rush in that. He only had 100 yards rushing rather than, what, his 300 yards, 10 yards of carry type game that he's had since McKinley. Yeah. Um, yeah, he did it. He did a – he hit the holes when he needed to hit them. I mean, we had some good field position as well. I mean, we we started around the 50-yard line how many times. Mm-hmm. Um, and that helped too. I mean, that cuts down. But Catron had a fantastic game. There's nothing better than just like the visual of – 
Jaden catching that ball with three defenders a couple yards behind yeah. him, and just that remembering that quote Wakefield said, "Oh, they're not faster than us." <laughs> you know what? The best part was at halftime. Coach Stone said it, and he was right. He said, "We're going to score. We're going to have a nice drive. We're going to score." He said our defense is going to get stopped. We're going to score again, and it's they've got to they've got to play fast, and they can't. That's not what they can do. Two touchdowns is a lot for them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so going into it, I, you know, I remember Wakefield's comment that we read about. Um, he said he did a really good job of stopping a run last year. And that's something that I've heard from other people is that, you know, they did a pretty good job schematically of trying to stop our run last year. And uh, the They're, big the big thing is that he didn't want to give up big plays. He didn't want to give up big pass plays. And we kind of expected them to, you know, play off, kind of prioritize that. And that's what we ended up, you know, beating them on was big plays. Um, I know you're not the one calling the plays, but when it comes to, you know, kind of feeling out the game, do you think we expected them to do anything different than they did? Um, no, I, I figured out pretty early what their, what their game plan was. Um, that's kind of my, my role, I guess. I'm, I'm the co-off, co-offensive line coach. Um, but I, I'm one of those people that figures things out. Like I, um, against, um, Walnut Ridge. Is that right? Yeah. I figure out what they were, they were, they were calling their defense towards something versus Yes, last week I knew when they were going to be a three-man box versus a two-man box in the sense of linebackers. Um, and so I'd try to get that to Coach Trox, and then he he calls it from there. Um, so we try to figure that out. But, I mean, they, they're a wing-T offense. It's hard to practice spread offense when you're a wing-T team. Mm-hmm. I mean, they, you got to think about it. Against camp in all of August, mm-hmm. they practice one thing. They don't practice for against Maslin. They don't practice against... Hoover, they practice against themselves. So they don't throw the ball very much. And they throw what routes they do throw. They don't, I mean, they throw the same routes. I mean, so it's hard for them to practice. I mean, it's that's why teams struggle against the wing T because they don't practice it all year. Why do you think teams struggle against the triple option, against Army and Navy? Why are they upset? Because teams have a week to prep for it and you can't prep for it in a week. That's why Navy Army is always a great game, no matter if they're a team's one and 10 or somebody's 10 and 0 each team's got a chance because they know how to stop both teams how much does it help um having a defensive coordinator that's played them for years in the fed so he got to see them quite a bit uh now with us i mean you know the kids didn't get to see that a lot but still the defensive coordinator knowing having a plan of attack already set in it's it's one of those that uh craig does a good job of um Using it, they really only, they're not as tricky as other wing T teams. I mean, I coached in the Wayne County League against Smithville, and Smithville ran wing T for X amount of years with Coach Schrock, and we practiced against that, and we, we ran a ton of different, different plays. They, they were more jet, and they like running buck, and then they'll come back with trap. Some teams run power, some teams run all this. They only have about four or five plays, so if you can stop their top three plays, which, which what our defense did, they're kind of scrambling. Um, it helps him a little bit. He's seen it. He knows what they're going to call. But our defense is different than what we were when he was with Jackson. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Coach Mazer obviously being in being in the Federal League for how many years? And I mean, it is what it is. We also have wing T guys on our staff. Coach Stone played in wing T his whole life. That's what he tells me. Um, <laughs> but I mean, you at the end of the day, most schools are wing T teams in in general. 
we we're, we're technically almost a wing T type of team. I mean, you have a, we have a wing. I mean, how many teams are you go look at Auburn who Gus, mm-hmm. Gus Malzahn's the wing T out of the Guru. pistol? Yeah. What's I mean, he's running jet. He runs power. And he runs counter. Hmm. I mean, the wing T they don't run zone. I mean, that's pretty much it. That's everything else. They're they're all gap scheme. Playing off that, um, I actually had a kind of a more general question. So you got teams that base out of gap scheme, power, counter, trap, that kind of thing, where you're more working down blocks and pulling and angles. And you got your inside zone teams that you're really trying to work the double teams up front, create movement, get people off, get to the second level. And then you got your outside zone teams more, you know, get the defense moving horizontally, seal them, and gash them out the middle. And get called for holding. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> uh, what, like, what kind of linemen fit in each of those major, I guess, run schemes? Like, what would an outside zone team look like versus a gap scheme team look like? And, like, what kind of guys – what's your team look like when you're trying to figure out what you want to run? I think you as a coach, it really just depends on what you hang your hat on. You can coach kids to do whatever you want them to do. Um, I mean, Coach Mazer's power. I came in. I'm a, I'm a zone guy. I went to Bowling Green. We ran zone. We got rid of power. We were more a zone team. We ran outside zone. We ran inside zone. We ran mid zone. We ran two fullbacks, all this stuff, all zone. So I know zone. But, I mean, what's really – I mean, it's just teaching the technique. I mean, at the end of the day – if you're going to be more of outside zone, you want quicker tackles that can reach the edge, but it doesn't matter. I mean, I've coached kids and I've run different schemes. And if you don't have kids that can pull, then you can't pull. I mean, what I would do then is I'd put them maybe at the tackle or a center where they don't have to worry about pulling. And you put your guys who can pull at guard. I mean, that's, um, and you can also go strong side and weak side. I mean, I've done that as well. <laughs> we did that my senior year. Yeah. We had, and I think by week four, it was either week five or six when we had to play Billy Price at Austin Tom Fitch yeah. that we just said, screw that. We're still going to like call sides, but you're going to learn, you know, both sides now. Yeah. Um, how much does the running back play into what you run as a, you know, run scheme zone versus gap versus outside inside? Um, a little bit. I mean, you have some guys that are more, they're downhill. Mm-hmm. And normally they're the thicker, thicker guys. Um, but you have, I mean, those guys can also run zone too. I mean, it's just zoning. Zone is something you've got to feel out. I always, we always, so inside zone is from the outside leg of the guard to the backside of the, if we're running a play side guard to the backside leg of the backside tackle. So it can be hit anywhere. Could never really ever hit outside the front side tackle. Um, where, but gap. I mean, running power. You still have a. You still have a track. Follow your puller. He'll lead you to the promised land. <laughs> outside zone is one of those that you you stretch, stretch, stretch until you find a crease and go. Which everybody in the NFL, college, everybody's outside zone now. But every time they run outside zone, it, it seems like every other time is a penalty. They call, called for holding. It's always the tight end. I don't know why. It's always the tight end. It did seem like a big thing, I think, especially last year when we were a lot more zone heavy, that we'd get at least one hold a game and it was always on outside zone. 
Yeah, it's hard, especially on the backside. Mm-hmm. In college and pros, you can cut. Well, pros, you can't cut anymore on the backside. But college, you can cut on the backside. And that's honestly where a hole would open. It'd open. It would hit where the, the right tackle, if we're on outside zone to the right, it would hit up where the right tackle started, the gaming point. Mm-hmm. But it would be the backside guard who would cut the nose running that far that way. And it would cut and hit backside B gap, but it's really where the right tackle started. Huh. So watch that when you watch watch college and NFL. Their aiming points, the outside leg of the tackle, mm-hmm. but they're going to hit it behind the center, behind the guard, because that's how far it's stretching. Huh. I I'm I mean I'm nerding out right now, Robbie. <laughs> uh, so when it comes to uh, you know these different blocking schemes, just blocking in general, uh, especially with like pulling, how important is timing to the play? Um, it's not that important unless they're too fast. You can be a little slow, and uh, for a, a running back, really the key is if the guard is out, if the guard pulls too wide. If the guard pulls too wide, then he's almost putting his butt in the hole instead of doing his job of getting inside shoulder and creating a crease. Because the way we run power is if we can get inside shoulder of the, the pulling of the linebacker, then we have the gap inside cut off from where the down block. Now we have the gap outside because uh, the guards kicked him out. So there's nobody in that gap. So we're essentially creating a gap. And that's that's why our, I mean, our defense wrong arms. Because they wanted to bounce the guy who's free. Some teams don't wrong arm us, and it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> There's especially a couple weeks ago when teams refused to wrong arm us, and we run the ball a lot. You know, trail goes off for 500 yards, 20 yards of carry. It happens. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when a team's defensively, you know, you talk about wrong arming, you know, if they do or they don't. Um, some teams will do one all year and then switch it up against us um, or with their fronts in general they might change it against us something we've always heard you know every coach comes on and says there's always something a little bit different when a team plays us usually um, with that we have you know film of how many different fronts how many different techniques we face that we can go back and go back and use um, with the experience how important is it to you know maybe show the kids, how a team would play, you know, based off of, you know, Wadsworth played us like this last year and we expect the team to play us like this tomorrow. It really just depends. Like with our guys, we have a lot of them that played last year. So um, we'll say like, hey, this is how they, this is how we're anticipating them to be. Um, but they lost this cat from last year, like Perry last year. Their two interior guys are studs. I mean, the ones could play at Toledo tonight. Um He's traveling. It's Hack's nephew, Scurry. He, the kid was tough. But they didn't have that kid this year. Um, so, yeah, we look at stuff from previous years. But what we do with our guys is we prep for the worst. The worst case scenario. Um, this is what we're going to see. If they come out in something completely different, we find out that first series. All right, this is what they're doing. This is how we're going to block it. Um, but we've seen everything that you can imagine. Um yeah, teams try to do something a little different, but that's not what they're used to. So they always go back. Like Fitch last year, they came out in an odd stack or maybe a four down or it was one of the two. They got gashed, and then they went back to what they did. And it was like, it was dumb. And, and I mean, Barber did the same thing. They were an odd defense all year, and then they come out and played us in an odd stack. And I just, 
It's like, okay. <laughs> Guys keep hanging your head on that. I, I mean, what we do, and we're going to do what we've done all year. We're going to be us. We're not going to make up an identity just because we're playing Mass on Tigers. We're going to go in and we're going to do what we do. To their defense, if I can make one point, you are unpredictable if you also have no idea what you're doing. <laughs> That's true. I mean, I lost a playoff game because a defense literally drew up blitzes, and on there we found we had one of our kids end up getting the risk card, and they had random blitzes drawn up, and they'd always blitz on second down because they they were didn't know what to do to our, do our offense. <laughs> <laughs> on that subject, actually. So the national championship game every year, they have like a coaches roundtable that does commentary on ESPN two or something like That's that. Great. And there was one where somebody called out Gary Patterson at TCU. He's like, "Yeah, you guys always look at your uh, wristbands when you call out a blitz because it's so wordy." And he looked, he just turned white like he saw a ghost. Have you picked up anything like? Has there ever been an instance where you pick up something weird like that, like a little tell, but it can be, you know very uh telling i guess for lack of a better word um yes um i can elaborate a little bit on that but uh if it's an opponent that we still that we're still going to see you don't need to share yeah i won't give up that um i'll just say what we were when i was at wayne Dale, we played chippewa and they used cards they use numbers mm-hmm. and he would always hold up a number like 36, 35. And I'd write it down and I'd write the play down. They called a halfback pass the one time. So I wrote it down. I was like, I see that number again. I called it out. We picked it off. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So if you read the Sports Illustrated article a couple weeks, uh, last week, it was from uh, about Clemson picking signals. Mm-hmm. I got that sent to me from one of my former head coaches laughing. So, <laughs> yeah, I, I kind of I look a little bit. Um, it's easier when we're on defense than um, we're not because I signal. So I, um, it's easier when we're on defense. I can pick up their offensive signals and vice versa. Then, then okay. not. But when I was up in the box earlier in the year, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's nothing. That's not uncommon to happen to us. No. You know, we had a running back a few years back that thought he was going to get some playing time, and then... He wins McKinley, right? Yep. And then McKinley game, he was giving him our signals. And wouldn't you know it, the quarterback from who is that? Nor... Uh, 2017, week 11. Boardman? Boardman, uh, yes. Yeah. The quarterback from Boardman just happened to be on the sideline, too, taking a visit to McKinley or just enjoying the Hall of Fame or whatever. <laughs> yeah, that was odd. That was pretty yeah situation. Um, That's all right. That makes uh, those Boardman cats. My college roommates are Boardman Boardman <laughs> guys. So yeah, it makes sense. The Italians over there. <laughs> hey now, <laughs> get some Wedgewood pizza over there, right, to Manello? <laughs> uh, I mean, yeah. My sophomore year, we used a card system for our offensive plays. The difference is that ours went up to like a hundred, and so the same play would be on there. Twice, ten, yeah. five, yeah. you know, five times, so they could call it. Um, but still, I imagine they would. Ours was a little bit harder to read. We didn't just put up numbers. You had to. I don't know how we ever figured it out. The <laughs> Listen, coach, in, in the, college, I, we were all signal, and our quarterback told us to play. 
I learned signals really early on, so I'd look over and get the play, and I'd tell the O-line before yeah. quarterback got there. And so our fullback, um, went to Bowling Green, so he was a GA at Toledo um, the year after I graduated. <laughs> and he calls me. I was a GA. And he calls me and says, hey, playing BG, what are their uh, trick play signals? I didn't like my head coach, so I told him. <laughs> <laughs> And I still don't like my college head coach to this day, but that's okay. That's a different story, different different timing. But we don't like our <laughs> high school football head coach, so right there with you. <laughs> yeah, that was rough. Um, so here's something that you know we didn't have when we played. Uh, I know we have it now for a couple of years, but uh, you know how how effective is having that uh, TV down on the sideline where you can kind of go over real time, um, breaking down some film and stuff. Well, when we score in the first play, it's not really effective because there's no <laughs> not no coaching yeah. there. But um, it's really good, especially when we get a beat on them defensively, is we can say, hey, if they come out in this, this is what we're going to do, and this is how we're going to block it. Um, instead of drawing on a whiteboard, we can directly see it. Um, and we can also – that's where we can tell, like, hey, maybe we don't want to run this. We want to run this back to it. Um, and so it's really key for us as O-linemen and for running backs because I help – well, on the game days, I help with the running backs. Tell them, all right, this is your track. This is where you need to hit it. Don't hit it backside. Hit it front side. Follow your puller. Um, but yeah, being on the, being able to have that on the sidelines, fantastic. I mean, when I was at Triway, we had a kid up in the box. He'd sit next to us, and he would film on an iPad. Then he would hand it to me because we didn't have a huddle sideline. Mm-hmm. So we did it the old school. We'll just delete it off of uh, the iPad after using it. <laughs> Do it the old fashioned way. If you want to go real old fashioned, um, in the movie Timeless Rivals, they talk about this. Yeah, was with it, um, was Coach it, Leo Strang. Um, Strang, his son, his son. They would take like a Polaroid from like the end zone the angle, end zone angle, and then they would run the Polaroid to the coach after every play or something. That's like what that. the NFL does. Mm-hmm. The NFL doesn't have sidelines, so they just take pictures. It's all screenshot. Um, Up uh, until a couple years ago, they actually like they printed out the picture. Yeah, that's what's on the tablet now. Mm -hmm. It's just it's just pictures. They can't. They don't do the video. They can't do the video. Uh, College. I I know they have like the Microsoft Surface tablets. College is the same way. You can take pictures. You cannot watch video. Video. Yeah. D three. I think they tried to get that changed, but I don't think that's gonna happen. Hmm. Hmm, That's odd. Yeah. But it just occurred to me uh, differences like with that kind of thing. Is there like a blanket roll no radios in the helmets for high school? I think so. I think, so. I think it's a I think it's a pro only. And I think it's more of a safety issue. Really? Um because they don't want to yeah, there's something yeah. And it's a, that system's very expensive. Yeah, you know. <laughs> Listen, I my buddy's the equipment guy at Bowling Green and I texted him yesterday cuz he was wearing a headset as Bowling Green got embarrassed. Um <laughs> who they play? Can't read, can't write Kent State. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, and Luke Murphy and Clutch mm-hmm. Brothers over there so I got respect for them And um, but I text him and I said why are you wearing a headset because he wears a headset being the equipment guy I said well I got to check for different features and all this and I'm like yeah and they've got a similar system than ours but theirs is about maybe 100 gram 100 gram more <laughs> yeah. it's a n- nice little nice little penny right there yeah but you know you can afford that at a Nice college like Bowling Green. Yeah. Which also has some mass and ties. You know, you got the Studers. Studers. Steve and uh, Uncle Joe there. You also have uh, Caden Woolard's dad. Was a all-conference player. Uh, And Coach Mazer and I are both Bowling Green alums. 
Ah, a lot of massive connections. Yeah. Recruiting's a little light there. I, I was going to say, where's the pipeline at for? You'd think it'd be there. I don't know. Hopefully. Yeah. yeah. Hopefully. Maybe one day. Um, swinging back around, Rob. You got anything else? As, no. as far as this, okay. Uh, swinging back around. Yeah, we we, we were talking about Perry Wimber. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, I we caught. This whole thing. Everybody wants to know about the two point play. I mean, that's everybody wants to know. You can't go for three. Well, I thought it was to put it on film. But. Oh, absolutely not. I mean, maybe that play call specifically. Sure. I did. I normally am the one that like keeps track of the, the time or the the points. Mm-hmm. I didn't see it till late to say, hey, we should have gone for two to get the running clock earlier, but um, it happened. But <laughs> it happens. We, we coach more agreed to it on the second time, so it's fine. That's all that mattered. I mean, you got. All these Perry people screaming, oh, think of the kids, think of the kids. We did think of the kids. I I have a long spiel about that, about why that's bullshit, especially from Perry, but the kids got to stop us. And football teaches you a lot about life. It'll teach you not to disrespect an opponent like that. It's true. You know? That's a good life lesson right there. Yeah, I mean, I've kind of felt felt bad for the kids. Our defense is also on the field for a ton of plays, so we were trying to get them off. Yeah. Trying to get the game done with and over with and... I think the we actually had the ball for less than one quarter. Yeah. Came down to what? 11? They had 36 minutes, I think. Uh, let me see here. Shout out to the Maslin Tiger Booster Club for taking extremely specific notes. Uh, yeah, we had the ball for 11 minutes and 39 seconds, yeah. and they had it for 36-21. We had the ball for 20 seconds in the second quarter. Yeah. And it took us that long to score. Uh, and we took a knee. Yeah. Which is, wow. No, we threw a pass. Oh, a, yeah, we did throw the pass at the... Yeah. You had one tackle breaking scores. <laughs> yeah. was, so was that the goal for that play, or was that to kind of yeah. get it on film? No, we were trying to score. Might as well. I mean, every player trying to score. Yeah. We, but, we were hoping we'd catch them, but we didn't catch them. They played back. And, yeah. Uh, Anything else? Oh, yeah. Um, your boy, Leibs, has mm. the second most. So the way the Booster Club does it. Might as well be a record. Um, they do tackle points. Yeah. So it's like, you know, you get one point for a solo tackle, half a point for a uh, tackle that's and how, assist. That's how everyone does tackles. Yeah. I mean, I just, for the people that don't know that. Okay. There's yeah. more than. You made it seem like it was some special system that we do. Like, <laughs> I, no, that is the correct way to tackle. I've never heard it before, but I've never looked into it literally anywhere. Okay. So, that's the Maslin. It's it's not the record, but it's silver. The record is a really cool story that I'm just gonna. We were playing Warren back in like the 50s. Yeah, I think it was 56, wasn't it? Ah, no. 52. That would have been Mather. I forget. No, it, it was, was Mather. Mather. Yeah, was, his name was Chuck, and so was yeah. his name was Chuck. So yeah, it would have been during. So maybe fifty six. Yeah. Uh, hey, you, you tell me fifty six. Fifty six confidently, I mid, believe you. Mid fifties yeah. when Mather was here. So anyway, they Warren had this quarterback that just like he slung it all over the yard. You know, they, this is back when this is back when Wakefield's offense was new, um, and that's what we we're preparing for all week. We find out during warmups that the quarterback he. Got injured, so he wasn't going to play. So we just decided we're going to go with the seven-man defensive front, let one linebacker back there just kind of be a see-ball, get-ball. And he got 
42, 43 tackles, which is probably not going to be broken ever. No. Yeah. But uh, what, it, it's insane. The defense is probably called Seven Diamond. Shout out to Coach Weber on that. We saw that last year on film. He called it Seven Diamond. We did. Who yeah. the hell ran that? One of the PA teams. They they came up in it once, and then they bailed out of it. Yeah. They walked seven guys up the line. Jesus. I mean, that that guy better be a dude. And apparently Chuck Vlet, Vliet? Vliet? I forget. Back to the name thing. It, it's a pronunciation, V-L-I-E-T. Mm-hmm. He, he was a dude. And he made 43 tackles in that game, which will probably never be broken. But Leibs did his best shot and got, what, 12 tackles and however many tackles. Yeah, 17 points. 17 yeah. total. So. Yep. Did he get an attaboy from that game, or do you have to run the ball and get a couple tutties for an attaboy? I talked to him the next day. He did not get an attaboy. Yeah. I also didn't know his record at that point. I did jokingly say, hey, I saw your 20 tackles tonight. Or last night. No, it was the same night. Yeah? It was the same night. I said, yeah, I saw your 20 tackles tonight. <laughs> but I didn't know what the number was, and it, I didn't know his record either. But well, now that you know, is he going to get an attaboy, or is still I mean, nothing I, from no tackles or from no touchdowns? I I I've known it's a record for a couple of days. I saw it when Moore posted it, but um, I'll, I'll think about it. I'll think. I, th- I think it's a little late to add a boy for him. You know, you know. Now it's like, hey, let's go win the next one. You know, we're we're kind of past that. Yeah, turn the page. Yeah, we're we're past Fair that. Enough. At the end of the year, I'll be like, hey, you you know, most tackles, add a boy. Fair not, enough. Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Sorry, Leaves. I tried. <laughs> uh, with that, uh, Catron also broke a record. Yeah. An efficiency rating. Which they use. I wondered what like rating it's they used. Because there's like 20 different quarterback measurement yeah. metrics. It, they use the college one for anyone that um, cares to know. But he, 10 for 10, 200, and... Dude, he should have like... 40 for 40 for catching them snaps that he caught all Oh, my God. <laughs> Listen, good, Coach uh, Mazer keeps saying he's Cal Rifkin back there. <laughs> There's some good uh, footage of, of some of those catches as well. Yeah. Uh, so, 10 for 10, 234 yards, three touchdowns. Cool. That ain't bad for like a 200 or 300-some passer rating in the college. Yeah. Well, I think it was 398 or 396 or whatever is the highest. Yeah. For reference, like a good, like an average quarterback's good games about two hundred. Yeah, uh, I think Jaden when he's when he was still two for two for two touchdowns, like nine hundred something. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so shout out Trone. Uh, I got really nothing much else. I mean, if us getting a running clock on Perry is. Wakefield Swan Song. I'm very much okay with that. Anybody else got anything on Perry? No. Nope. All right. So moving along, like you said, turning the page on that to LaSalle, uh, an opponent we are unfortunately familiar with from a year ago. Let's get into it. Uh, what uh, is there anything different from what they were last year? Um, no. I mean, they'll do some different things defensively, but um, at the end of the day, it's, they're pretty good. I mean, their whole secondary is D1 kids. They're all, I mean, Alabama, Ohio State, Miami, Ohio. I don't know if you really want to call them a D1 school, <laughs> but 
Um, they are in the MAC. They're terrible. Um, even though they won the MAC last year. And then the other kid's going to UC, I believe. Um, so they're really good in the secondary. Um, returned one of their D linemen um, from last year. The, the nose played against us last year. Um, the other cat I don't think did. And then their linebackers are pretty good. Uh, they're really good on defense. And then offensively, um, number three is pretty good, really good. Um, and their quarterback is, I mean, he's a GCL player of the South. Uh, GCL South player of the year. Um, and everybody says the GCL South is best conference in Cincinnati. And I will disagree with that and say the GMC is just my conference growing up and I'm very proud alum of Middletown High School and I'll say the GMC is better but GCL I mean they're still pretty good I mean St. X Elder um, and mm-hmm. Moeller and LaSalle are pretty four good schools yeah. and the kid was the best player so you bringing up GCL last year in the state championship uh, I sat with my dad and he was on the away side so I was on the away side too. <laughs> LaSalle fans suck, but that's a whole different story. Um, what really caught my attention was towards the end of the game, you know, you start getting in the – it's a couple minutes left, start getting in the chance, And they were chanting GCL. That's like the one chant they had. Yeah. I had to turn to the dude behind me and ask, like, G- what the hell are you guys chanting? Oh, GCL. What's that? It's our conference. I'm like, you guys are winning the state championship game. And you're chanting for your conference. It's because they also had a, D, a D1 uh, team. Elder Elder played. I don't care. It was still an odd thing. You're winning. You, you, your team is winning the state championship game. Well, normally, so a couple years ago, I was down at the Ohio State, and um, Coldwater was playing. And who was on? whoever was on next was one of the MAC schools from, the like, the, the Mercer County. Mm-hmm. And... They were yelling the Mac, which they also had three teams in there um, in the state championship from a small county. Uh, it's five, six, seven, where they're uh, um, they had a team represented. So I, I get that, but if you're the if you're the only school there, like if, if Elder would have been there, that would make sense. But that doesn't make sense. Also, the GCL they've got to include the North teams there too, which they're terrible. I mean, let's be honest. I mean. Fenwick's in there. I mean, Kettering Alter, I think, is in there. Um, yeah. You, they either got to be a whole conference. Don't just say you're in the north and south. <laughs> Pick a side. I mean, you, you got to be one or you're one or none. So if you want to break off, then you're cheering for the for the north, too. And being from there, nobody knows the north. Now, the north remembers on something else that so you guys know what I'm talking about. Um, but... In the GCL world, <laughs> um, the North remembers. They don't remember the yeah, North for the GCL South. I'll tell you that. Uh, yeah, I remember at the game last year, um, based off where I was sitting, because uh, I was like in one of the end zones, mm-hmm. and uh, where I was parked, it was just much easier for me to get out the away side. And, uh, you know, most of those South fans were still up in the stands, so it's not like I had to go through them or anything, but there was one was Sal Dad that decided he was going to be better under the stands than in the stands. And he's just oh, yelling. You know, I was like, oh, man, we just lost. Like, oh, I'm going to walk out to my car. Got to work tomorrow. Like, you know, like, you know, this just sucks, you know. Mm-hmm. And then 
30 seconds later, I listen to this guy just screaming, and I'm like, all right, I'm ready to go. Like, let's go again. Like, I'm ready yeah. for another season. I want them again. Let's go. Um, he did it for me. That one mm. dad is the reason <laughs> that I was fine with them. You listen, know? good for them for driving up on a Thursday, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I get for us, like, we're 10 minutes away. But for them, I mean, that's they had a decent crowd. I mean, yeah. more than I thought they'd have. Well, a lot of sick calls in on uh, Friday morning in Cincinnati. Yeah. yeah. Started off small, but yeah. they, they ended up getting yeah. a decent crowd for them, for sure. Yeah. Uh, Maslin fans showed out, of course, but hey, it was unreal. I mean, I will, listen, I will always show respect for a team that travels that far for something, but it, <laughs> there's just something that irks me deep inside. In my, It, it hurts me in my soul. I understand we're Maslin. We are a very prideful community. It, it might be a little stronger here than most. But when you are winning a state championship game and the best chant you've got, you have one chant, and the best <laughs> chant you've got is for your goddamn conference. Like, where's your school pride at? Like, where's the pride at and who you are? You don't uh, You don't want to hear some of the things that Dad was chanting. <laughs> they were very Maslin-specific things he was yelling, and that's what... I that can take is, that. That's what got me. No, I can take that, because that is applicable to that oh, no, game right what, there. I understand what you're saying. What the, what the Dad said pissed me off. What their fans chanted was just like, what are you doing? Like it confused me. Like, that, yeah. But you know, whatever they can is say, what they is. can say whatever they want. Is what it is. Right? Yeah. They can say whatever they yeah, want they, last year. Yeah, they did get. They won that right. That's f- acceptable. I'm not going to say fine. I'm not going to say okay because it's not. But it's whatever. It is whatever. That's why it's a new year. It's yep. a new day. It is new year. Uh, this year we have them in the semifinals uh, because Marysville. Uh, yeah, down in Marysville. Uh, so we both have a little bit of a trip to get there. Uh, you know, obviously the elephant in the room is that LaSalle specifically has such an outbreak of COVID right now. And there's a lot of different rumors going around. You know, the one thing that I keep hearing is that their football players have been isolated or they've been remote learning or, you know, one way or another, they're probably fine, the football team. Um, so, you know, I'm assuming that they come in full force on Friday. And I think everybody else should as well. 100%. But has anybody, you know, publicly said anything? Has the state reached out to say anything? Or um, has have we just kind of been ignoring all the rumors so far? Uh, that's above my pay grade. Uh, <laughs> I, we have no idea. Um, I mean, I, I would assume they would isolate their kids. I mean, and COVID's been, I mean, I'm. My dad lives down there, um, lives in Butler County. COVID's bad down there. My brother's a police officer down there. So it's it's bad. It's spreading. It's been bad. They've been close to a purple for months. Um, so I don't know what's going on. I mean, I don't know what the state's going to do. Um, I talked to you about that already. And so um, it's it's interesting. I don't, I think they're going to be full. I would I would hope. I hope yeah. they'd be they'd have the decency. I mean, I know we would if we if we had a kid who would who was positive, we wouldn't let them play. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're that's just being a good person in general. You don't we want to be good people. We want to be known as good people. We're not going to be the team that's like, oh, that kid, yeah, he's okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean the the one thing that I can say, uh, you know, for any fans out there that might be worried about that kind of situation, is that you know. LaSalle has been posting their numbers publicly. We post ours, too. 
Um, so like it's not something they're hiding, and mm-hmm. they have kids that are contact tracing being two week quarantined. And at that point, I'm assuming it's coming down to the health department. At least I know in other areas, the health department steps in. They are the ones that force the quarantine. They do daily checkups on all these kids, and you know they would not let a kid go play if they were either positive or if they were you know specifically contact trace so i would hope not as a fan i would not worry about that whatsoever the kids that show up i they're perfectly fine i'm anticipating just as them good as anybody up. else's mm-hmm. kid and you know i expect them to come in full force because like you said it has been kind of bad down there and it would, would not be a surprise if they have been kind of isolating their kids as a teacher in the high school our teachers are doing a fantastic job our administration is doing a fantastic job I mean, I don't even know if we have any positive cases in our building right now. Um, I, I, I've never gotten an email that said we had. Um, but, our, I mean, we're doing a great job. Our kids doing are doing a great job. Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, the numbers you see from the governor are, are ridiculous. But it is it is what it is. And our school district has done a fantastic job of... Um, leading us i mean doing putting us in the right situation so um i feel confident about our kids i mean we haven't isolated any of our kids um once again that's above my pay grade <laughs> i just do what i'm told to do and i go in and teach and um but i don't see us needing to do it i mean our kids are are doing a great job yeah so now that we are you know under the full assumption that both teams are going to go into this full strength you know let's uh let's get into the game a little bit more i just wanted to get that out of the way because you know if you make the mistake of going on facebook yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's a it's a mistake you got a lot of people out there that have hey, been screaming since monday that the game's not going to happen listen put just on just based off the numbers and yeah with all the political things i there's i don't follow a lot of people on facebook anymore you know i just I, I like to follow my friends, see how their families are doing. Other than that, I don't really. I've been I've been slowly unfriending people because uh, <laughs> I snooze a lot of them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that that's about how I handle it. All right. So I mean, we're all in the same general age group, yeah, yeah. right? So I remember like we were in high school. You know, the the goal was just to have as many friends as possible. One hundred percent. You just wanted as many friends as possible. You and didn't you wanted to be in the top were. eight on MySpace. On my oh, MySpace. <laughs> was, yeah, you had to you had to rank them. Um, so oh my but, God, you're not in my top eight. What? You just, like, you I'm not in your top eight out. anymore. What's going on? Like I thought we were cool. You you're in, the, in mine. You get in the scuffle. And you yeah. just drop them down a couple spots. Yep. Like just so they know. You know. It's got to let them know what's up. Fighting words. Um, but yeah, I've been doing my best of like unfriending because there's. I have so many friends, and ninety percent of them, I don't even know who they are, where they're from, how I became. Well, friends that's because with them. you take. And I'm slowly, I'm slowly getting. I any got, friend request comes your way. Yep, yep, and I, yep. I've started. Yep. I've started denying. Yeah, exactly. them. All right, I've started denying some of them, but yeah. I mean, because there's been a couple that like come come my way, and I'm oh, like, they're like ninety nine percent a scam account. Yeah, I'm like, I'm looking at them, I'm like, this is obviously a scam. One mutual friend, Rob Antonell. Uh, <laughs> Rob. <laughs> Yeah, because the thing is, the scam accounts usually only last like a day or two, and then mm-hmm. they get shut down and like removed. So like, no, the, the move is you, do, you let them sit in your like the friend request area for a day or two, and then see if it yeah. gets taken out. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah, or just I, let them sit there for like six years. Yeah. Like I've got I've, people I've, on my own. Oh yeah, absolutely. I've declined them as of late. Like if they disappear from there, then it was obviously spam and it got deleted. Yeah. If they stay there, then they don't know if they can't see that you got it or didn't get it, and just let it happen. Yeah, I get it. So, uh... Anyway, Facebook, yeah. Twitter, the Did health... You still got a MySpace? 
I never had a MySpace. <laughs> Jim never had a never MySpace. had a MySpace. A Nerd, you're a sheltered adult too. All right, <laughs> let's get in the game. All right, getting into the game. Uh, Rob, you're kind of leading this charge. You want to get in the offense or defense? Because I got both rosters uh, here for you. All right, all right. What do you want me to get into? Uh, let's go with the offense. Um, just co- kind of a quick rundown. Uh, their offensive line, junior, senior, junior, junior, senior, 270, 285, 260, 325, 295. So a pretty good sized offensive line. Coach Moore is really high on the 325 guard. Best offensive lineman, powerful. I mean, that's his he's assessment. Good. They're, they're good. They're good offensively. It does, yeah. say, does say he holds, though, in the scouting report. It, it actually says everybody holds in the scouting report, which uh, Perry did a lot last week, too. And he got called what he needed to get called. Yeah. yeah. Can't call them. So. That's been one of my things. I kind of started this thought process with defensive backs, but it's also kind of trickling into my thought process for offensive line, too. We hold every play. Exactly. You teach them to hold every play, the ref's not going to throw a flag every play. You make them call. Still make it obvious. Exactly. My dad was an official for many years. He told me this is how you behold every single play. Yep. Uh, so I mean, pretty big line. <coughs> you know, you can assume that they're a pretty good line as well. Uh, let's see here. They have a fullback that's 180 pounds. Uh, when it comes to their running back, you know, they have a really good running back, very highly ranked running back. We saw him last year as a sophomore. This year's he's a junior. Um. What does it say on here? He's got like 16 offers or something. He's yeah. Northwestern commit, I believe. Jesus. Is he a commit? Um, I was kind of scrolling through. Northwestern smart kid too then. Yeah, it must be. I, I was kind of scrolling through some of his social media today, and uh, uh, he, he's been posting a lot of stuff. I think Alabama just offered him like not too long ago. Um, and, uh, you know, he's a very highly ranked kid. The issue mm-hmm. is that he's been hurt most of the year. Hasn't been playing a lot the last six weeks. He did not play last week. Um, Anticipate but back you never every, know. Every yeah, yep. expect him to be, expect yep. him to warm up. Yeah, they they. I think publicly it's called a high ankle sprain that's been lingering, and I think he came back and then he might aggravate it again. Maybe not, but he's had a full week off, and then he's going to have all of this week to come back in. So you can only expect you know big game like this that he'll be back. So they have a really highly ranked running back. The one person that uh, is not on this list that you gave me, Hank, I don't know what kind of picture you showed, but uh, not on that list, at least in the picture. It's at the bottom. Oh, I had to go to a different picture. There yeah. it is. Um, is their quarterback, you know. He's a senior. You know, we saw him last year. Uh, like you said, he was the player of the year in their conference. Uh, I think he had five touchdowns last week, <sighs> including some really long runs. And, uh, you know, he'll run. He's a really good athlete, really good player. and uh, He's know, dynamic. Both sides. He's throwing better this year. Um, he runs the ball. He doesn't go down on the first tackle. Um, I think it was Coach Moore said it in the newspaper that he's a running back that can throw the ball, and he is. The kid's a player. Yeah, I mean, really good athlete. I think my assessment of him last year was a white boy that did his best Lynn Bowden impression mm. and just covered in baby oil. Yeah, I just couldn't get him down. Nope. See, so he looks a lot like he's better than the kid that was at Wadsworth a couple years ago, that uh, that wrestler who ended up going to play. Oh, D2. yeah. He looks similar. Like that, he, I think he's uh, kid this week's bigger bigger than that, but they're similar in mm-hmm. being in empty and being able to run the ball and do everything. And mm-hmm. um, They run a lot of, and we don't really see it much, kind of inverted zone, bash concepts, that kind of deal. Yeah, they run inverted zone. They don't run as much power, 
mm-hmm. um, which you'll see the the power read, but they run inverted zone. They do a good job, man. It's it's just their jet, and they just run zone up away with their quarterback. So it it's the same thing they ran against us last year, and it, it's hard to prepare for, especially with that kind of dude that can run and throw. And that, uh, that's the difference. So they're similar to um, they're more empty, mm-hmm. but St. Ed's would probably be a similar like comparison in the sense of. St. Ed's run, ran power read. These guys run invert zone. So it's similar, like the okay. type of. But this kid, I think, is by far the best player we'll see defensively. Yeah, that was on the scouting report, too. Um, one thing I did, I mean, we heard a lot last year right after the game, like, oh, why didn't we play more man against their jet stuff? I, man's a great defense against this team if you want to get half of your defense's <laughs> eyes off the best player on the field. You know, we do what we do for a reason, and just chirping like, oh, we should have did this, we should have did that, is you're probably the dumber person in the room if you're doing that. Just wanted to get that out there. Listen, our defense is, the past two years, is the best high school defense sis I've ever seen. And, and that's schematically, I mean, I think we would have a hard time as an offense trying to figure out how to block them. I mean, it is. It's, it's tough. I mean, we luckily we'd get enough power sets that we could figure out what they're going to do. And, mm-hmm. <laughs> but at the end of the day, they do a fantastic job, and they are mm-hmm. gap sound. Um, I get more phone calls saying, man, your defense runs well. They hit well. Craig and Spence have done a fantastic job with those guys, all the defensive staff. I mean, it's it's impressive to watch. and I mean, they, they don't give up very many points. They they are very very bad and don't break. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I mean that McKinley first play. I mean bend and don't break. They got to turn yeah. over the next play. That's that's Perry too. Perry as what well. What was the um? There was something that happened. They they had a long run. We got the tackle and then didn't give up points. I think. Was the Perry game? Yeah. Oh, I mean, possibly. I don't know. <laughs> I it's I that feels right to say. It's escaping me right now, but that feels right to say. But yeah, that um, it's a testament to our coaches and just the continuity of having the same defensive coaching staff mm-hmm. to keep running. You know, you talk about system versus players, and we have a system that it's flexible enough to showcase our best players, and I think that's true on both sides of the ball. Yeah. Uh, you know, our offense and defensive coaching staffs, the cores have been pretty much the exact same for the last, what is it, four years now. Yeah. And it it lets the kids play faster. You know, that you came up, you, you've been in the system since you're freshman, sophomore, junior, now you're senior, and you're still running the same stuff. Now you know it like the back of your hand. Well, the best part is it goes all the way down to peewee, little, the little leagues. We meet it with those guys. Those guys come to our practices. They come to camp. Um, last year, not just because of COVID, we had a little or a youth night where middle school and elementary school coaches were there to ask us questions. I mean, that's where it starts. I mean, they're doing a fantastic job of we communicate all the way down. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we don't require them to do that, but our freshman staff did our entire offense and defense this year. I mean, those kids are going to know how to run our offense next year. I mean, Maybe the signals are a little bit different, but they're running the same concepts. And that was the thing I think that was really lacking when we played. Yeah, you know, we had this. I had a different OC, three years, sophomore, junior, senior, different DC, uh, 
sophomore and then junior senior. Whole different thing. Freshmen's running. Middle school, I can't even tell you. <laughs> like, But that's kind of – that's like a testament to the program building that Coach Moore's doing. Yeah. That is important if you want to keep this thing rolling for years on end and really – He's got it rolling, and we just have one goal left we have to meet. And one of them starts this week. Man. Yeah. LaSalle's in our way. Um, getting into the defense a little bit. The defensive line, they run a lot of odd front, right? Yeah, they're mostly an odd front. Um, they'll play odd stack, then they'll play true odd. Um, they really don't get into a four down, but they'll get into a four down type of look, but I don't. I've seen that we saw that once, maybe on a highlight. I mean, it wasn't really; it just looked weird. It could have been a, uh, later on in a game type of situation, but they're mostly odd or odd stack. Um, they they like to have guys at the ball. Um, I'll be interested to see what they decide to do against us. Last year, they played most odd stack against us, mm-hmm. so we got to prepare for both. They run they run a lot of two high and single high, right? Yeah, and I, they've got the, they've got the dudes to do it, man. I think one thing that surprised me, like just rewatching the game last year, is when they go single high, cover three, it's drop spot. Yeah. And we're more pattern match, right? Yeah. With our defense. Our defense, yeah, hundred percent. Um. Where, like, what's the pros and cons to each? Because there's, I, I mean, we've seen easy ways to attack it. You just go four wide and you know, four verts attack up the seams against cover three and the drop spot stuff and. It kind of kills it, but what's the? <laughs> Still tough against pattern match too. Yeah, it's kind of rough, but dude, pattern match, Heck does a fantastic job with that man. He, him and Jar and Jar, I'll give Jar credit. He does coaching the corners, but the safeties, when they pattern match, they they see every pass they've ever run, or they think that they're going to run. They know what's coming per formation. Um, he does a fantastic job with that. So. It's hard against us. We seven on seven against our own defense because they know what we're doing. They're really good at reading that. Mm-hmm. Um, not a whole lot of teams pattern match. It's a, it's a it's a complex oh, thing wow. to do. It's a very complex thing that you got to practice it. I thought that mm-hmm. was like the more common way of doing it nowadays was pattern match. Uh, you still got a lot of teams that just wow. they'll they'll try and read patterns, but I mean the way they they'll do it is they'll be in cover four, and if after you get six or seven yards, they're taking you. So it's really yeah. man. Mm-hmm. We're we'll be in cover four, but it'll turn into cover two. These guys run cover two, which I mean, you don't see cover two anymore. I'm a, I'm a big fan of cover two. I'm a huge fan of cover two. But um, these guys will do it this week, and I mean, there's some pros and cons to it because they do some things that mm-hmm. they are they're athletic enough to do it and get fast enough to get there. That's one of those things that you said they're athletic enough that Ohio State actually ran predominantly drop spot cover three last year. Yeah. And when you have when your athletes are so much better than the opponent's athletes, you can do that. Just speed. I mean all three of those guys got drafted. Yeah. Two of them in the first round. Not just three, the entire defense. <laughs> when you're that much faster that they're that much more athletic, that much better than the opponent, you can kind of run that more simple stuff. It lets you play faster and you can, you know, rally to the ball. Now the old the old saying is, or at least Nick Saban's old saying is, drop spots great, but that shit don't work when you got Dan Marino slinging it. Um, well, that, it's a it's a cover four thing. It says when you when you read mm-hmm. read patterns, um, 
cover three, it's they'll play divider. They'll split the difference um, between two and one. They did that last year, they too. They did that last year. Yeah, they did. But then we got them a couple times on it. Yeah. So, I mean, it's pick your poison. It's hard to play cover three and then run cover four and, and match patterns. It's hard. Mm-hmm. Um they do a lot of things. I don't know what the, I don't know what the what their true hang their hat is. They run so much stuff, and I think it's they get good at running different things that it's easier for them to just run the zone than it is to to match. Now, if they're man, it's different. But so point being, they're really good. Yeah, they're really good. <laughs> um, and I, I guess my only question is, I it surprised me last year how much we struggled to run. Against their odd stuff, it, with it their wasn't only three down. Yeah, we struggle a little bit, but dude, we had two two turnovers killed us. Yeah, and the fumbles. I couldn't say we were hundred percent up front either, and in the backfield, we weren't. No, we were not a hundred percent, and that's that's a good thing going into this week because I I think our guys are good. I mean, I think we're healthy, we're good, mm-hmm. we're feeling good. Hey, that's love to hear it. Yeah. Um. Is there like really anybody on? Obviously, their entire back four is going or has D one offers. Is there anybody else that really stands out to you? Or <sighs> number eight's pretty good. Um, Sam linebacker. He plays Sam, but then he'll be uh, if they go odd, he'll walk up on the outside, away from number seven. Mm-hmm. So they'll do a good job that way. Um. The nose is pretty – he's a quick, t- twitchy guy. I mean, he's not very big, but he's pretty quick. And that's – and the other tackle started against us, the other end, 54 or – Yeah, 54, Aiden Seger. He's, he started against us last year. 6'1", 225, senior. Yeah. Their yeah. entire line is actually all seniors. Yeah, but the other kid didn't start against us – didn't play against us much last year. They play, They had a bunch of seniors last year too. Gotcha. Um, But – they're good. I mean, we've got a challenge. They're the defending state champion. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's what they are, and we gotta we gotta beat them. Um, how much can you go and look at last year's game to like kind of game plan against them versus you know this year? Because high school, you got a lot of turnover. You got you know, we're different, they're different, but at the same time, the coaching staffs are kind of the same. The systems are kind of very similar. You can look at it. Um, obviously, we have. We wanted to see like what they did against certain formations. Um, but we were a lot of spread last year against them um, because we thought we could throw the ball. Um, and so that doesn't help us out as much because we're more true 11 personnel, so tight end running back. Um, Coach Stone will say we're, two, we're 20, but no, we're, we're an 11 personnel. We're tight end and we're a fullback. Or a tight tight end and a running back. Um, however, tight ends also play the roles of fullback. So that's <laughs> that's um. I, it was an early on. I think I brought it up before, but an early on booster club meeting where Coach Moore made that point. Like, you know, we had last couple of years we had these sawed off little fullbacks making thirty kickout blocks a game. Now we got dudes that can make the kickout block. But can also go out on a pattern or you know do a few other things that are more tight end like. Yeah, yeah. Uh, how much does that? Well, I'm not now. We know that helps a lot being very multiple. Um, 
I guess, how much can you use that to, like, you know, make one play look like another and kind of play off everything? And it, it seems like the last couple, the last few weeks when we've really figured ourselves out, we're make, we're becoming a more cohesive offense. Yeah. Um, how much does that help? Like, oh, I got a guy that can kick out block or run to the flat or maybe even let's run out the seam, see what happens. Yeah, we, I mean, it's, it helps. I mean, you ask our, we always ask our defense, what's the hardest formation to stop? And they'll tell you. And they'll tell us it's with a tight end in the game. And so, <laughs> and our defense says, we don't know, it's hard to defend. Because who do you call your strength? Do you call it, do you call it to your tight end or do you call it to receivers? What do you, because every team's different. So that's what, we like to pick their brain a little bit to see what they're going and that's that's how we get a lot of our offensive stuff and the one thing we've talked about this year a little bit that uh you know kind of caught me off guard when I first heard this how the game might have changed a little bit back when we played we always called the strength to the run and now I'm hearing that defenses are tending to call it towards the pass a little bit more um have you noticed that there's a trend one way or the other this year not for us. We're different than every team. No team, no team runs power anymore. No team get get lines up and runs true power. That's what we've hang hang our head on. I mean, like I said, everybody's in a zone team now. Everybody wants to be zone. They want to run outside zone. And they get called for holding. We tried it. Guess what happened? We got called for holding. <laughs> we're out. <laughs> um, and so we're a unique situation where we're we're a true old school. We're probably a 1980s football team. We line up, we run power. Now, we do it out of the shotgun instead of getting an eye formation. Um, but we are an old school team with, but we do we run old school plays? No, we're running power. I mean, that's what we run. It's God's play. It's God's play, I guess. <laughs> so, I, I got nothing else for Hop. You got anything? Yeah. Um, Shoot. So. I've kind of been surprised that for the entire week, I haven't heard much about, you know, like we're playing LaSalle again. You know, they're the team that beat us last year. Like, not even really like in a revenge fashion, but, you know, we, we see a lot of stuff that gets posted online. We deal with a lot of fans. You know, we're outside of the circle where we, yeah. we hear a lot of the noise. And I just, I haven't, I haven't heard very much about people talking about how, like, this is LaSalle. This is the team that beat us last year. We want to go beat them again. They beat us. Let's go beat them. It's a revenge thing. Um, is there anything inside the locker room where it's like, hey, like, you remember these guys from last year? Yes. Um, it's coming more from the coaches. Cause, but we also graduated a ton of guys. Um, so, and they graduated some a ton of guys. So it's, it's like one of those, like, it is, but it's also the next game. I mean, um, it's different because they're an opponent that is three and a half hours away versus last week we played Perry, who's five minutes away. Um, the two teams that we could play in the next round are less than an hour away. So they're three and a half hours away. There's not much banter, really, that can happen. Um, but And we're also going to play, and there's going to be 800 people there. And that's the disappointing thing is, like, if we went and played in, I mean, Gehanna. I mean, I wasn't there a couple of years ago, but judging by the film, it looked like there was a packed crowd. I mean, 
So, so there's probably some lack of atmosphere. Luster, yeah, yeah. Uh, atmosphere. Just from this perspective, as because these people are like, well, we just want to get tickets, and it's it's like, oh, I I can't even have my kids go to the game. Mm-hmm. Like I've I've got I only get two tickets as a coach, and so I'm and it's it's not Maslin's fault, but. Like my wife's gonna go, but I don't get to take. I've got three kids. I only have two. None of them are getting in for free, so it kind of stinks in that aspect. So I guess that would be a reason why. I mean, now kids have to pick. All right, mom and dad are divorced and remarried. Which set gets to go? So people are probably mad about that. So you're probably not hearing too much about it. But at the end of the day, in our locker room, yeah, we know we lost to them. They were only lost last year. They're a good football team. They're a great football team. Mm-hmm. Um, there's only great football teams left. Yeah, yeah. So we've got a challenge ahead, and we got to go. Got to go take care of business. First play of the game, through the end of the whistle, and, and it, probably another reason you're here. Everybody's hyped up on the COVID thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody's that or the election. Everybody's worried about everything else, but except in the, unless you're at Paul Brown Tiger Stadium during practice, then everybody's worried about everything else. But and right now, it's the only thing that matters. It's the only thing that matters. It's Friday night, 7 o'clock, Marysville, Ohio. There's a prison down there. A ladies' prison. Mm-hmm. Jim, 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 knows. Jim knows. Jim knows about that. <laughs> he's, got, he's got a pen pal. <laughs> Jim Matigley, big ladies' prison guy. No, it's Google Earth thing where we were going. I was like, oh, look. Oh, oh, prison. oh yeah. <laughs> ladies' prison. Mike, within a mile. Zoom in. Okay. No. So, ladies' prison, right next to the stadium, apparently. <laughs> Jim's a big fan. Big fan. He's all in on this. Yeah. <laughs> Going to go home and get the better resolution on this computer. <laughs> all right. Uh, is there anything about, you know, it's going to be like our first time traveling, you know, more than, you know, a little distance. Uh, so, you know, a lot of, some people are making that a big deal. You know, for some of us that have played, I, we talked about this earlier in the week. We didn't think it was that big of a deal when we had to travel. Um, so maybe that's just like fan talk saying that, but I mean, is there anything that you can say, you know, about where we're going, you know, the trip itself, like, is there going to be any big adjustments? Um, we'll get out a little bit earlier. I mean, school wise, (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's about it. Um, we're going to keep it as normal as we can. Um, one of the big things is we're just trying to, we want to get the kids there and stretch them out a little bit. We're sitting on a bus for two and a half hours. I mean, that's what's different. I mean, even college, and that's what that was a whole discussion on Sunday as a coaching staff is what do we want to do to make our kids feel like normal? Mm-hmm. And it was, let's get there and stretch and walk around to get our legs out back under us. I mean, sitting on a bus is not fun. Yeah. I don't care if it's a charter bus or not. Yeah. Sitting on a bus is not fun. So doing whatever we got to do, um, I mean... We went to, we haven't traveled this year, but last year we, I mean, we went to Warren and we went to um, Austintown on the Big Yellows. So. <laughs> we took the Yellows to that one? Yep. Wow. Damn. These, these kids got it so nice nowadays. It's nice to hear them, you know, have to, <laughs> ha- have to ride like the poors did like us back in the day. <laughs> we took it. We took a charter bus everywhere. <laughs> I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> we, didn't, we didn't take it to Perry. I didn't play at Perry, so <laughs> we didn't take right. one. I didn't last take week we took the yellow ones. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> See, 
Finley one. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was a pretty common thing for listen, us. Listen, listen. I'm trying to establish our back in the day <laughs> stories. All right, we had to walk we up. Yeah, we had to walk to make him uphill here. both ways. <laughs> it, there was there's three feet of snow on the ground. It was 80 degrees outside. Carrying the luggage with you. <laughs> we only had three salt tablets in cleats. Yeah. Listen, if your rough. dad and Uncle Joe were here, that that would be a true story. <laughs> yes, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. You practiced inside when it rained. Shh. <laughs> yeah, we did. That's yeah, the greatest yeah, thing we, in the world. We you, did. It's, and oh, that's incredible. You never have a bad sunny. practice. <laughs> exactly. you, know, you never have a bad practice. We played Hoover a couple weeks ago, and guess it rained Monday and Tuesday. Mm-hmm. My buddy's a running back coach. I didn't laugh at him until after the game and said, "Hey, how was Monday and Tuesday practice?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, God. Like ours was fine. Yeah, yeah was, we had a good practice. You and know, that walk to the locker room after practice probably sucked. You know, <laughs> walking yeah, back, yeah. walking back in the rain. Oh man, that was. <laughs> uh, but yeah, you know, blessed to have that kind of facility. And, yep. You know, the privilege of taking these nice buses and getting down there early. And um, so I mean, yeah, we try to make it as normal as possible. And, you know, when we played, it was pretty similar to that as well. We'd get down pretty early, get to stretch out afterwards, and yep. you know, kind of find some normalcy somewhere. So. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, glad to hear that. And I mean, yeah, no excuses there. No, um, I got nothing else for this game, Rob. Nothing. No, I think I'm. Uh, I think I'm good. All I'm right, excited to go out and win. Real quick, we're gonna take a quick break for our sponsor, Doring Vision Center, and then we'll get right back into uh, our top five segment to end the podcast, and we'll get the hell out of here. Sound good? Sounds good. Hey, Tiger fans, I bet if you're anything like my partner, Hank, you probably need to go see an eye doctor. Yes, sir. And if you do, we have the place for you. The Doring Vision Center is a primary care optometry clinic located in downtown Maslin. They have a wide variety of eyeglass frames, everything from budget packages to designer brands. And if you're like me and prefer contacts over glasses because glasses are a hassle, they have uh, the technology to fit all types of lenses. They treat most conditions, and they also take emergency visits as well. At the Doring Vision Center, most insurances are accepted, and you even have a good chance of getting a same-day appointment. So come on down to see former Maslin Tiger, Dr. Ben Doring, at 35 Erie Street North, Suite 110, Maslin 44646. And that's right next to the Alibi Bar, for those of you who know the local watering holes. Or you can check them out on Facebook at the Doring Vision Center. That's D-O-E-R-I-N-G Vision Center. Or give them a call at 330-880-0035. Doring Vision Center, proud supporter of all things Maslin. Again, big shout out to Doring Vision Center for a sponsorship. Um, any, any other Maslin businesses out there can, you know, this could be you. You could also have a sponsorship. Now that we're going to kick Doring Vision Center, we'll just be additional to that. Twice as long commercial. Yes, sir. Um, now, our other sponsor, FW Runner and Sons, we didn't forget about you guys. It, this is our question for all our guests on the podcast. What is your go-to eatery in Maslin? You going out to eat somewhere? Where are you going? Oh, my go-to eatery. Oh, interesting. Um, well, it depends on what I'm in the mood for. Whew. Fire off a couple, you know, just so for Chinese. Um, you go to the one by Save a Lot. Is that uh, is it yeah. new, new, home, Chi- new Home Sing? No, yes, yeah. no, Lynn is over by Rockney's. Yeah, yes, it's, it's New Home Sing or whatever. Mm-hmm. 
Um, good Chinese. A judge of Chinese. I judge a Chinese place by their egg roll mm-hmm. and their crab rangoon. That's how I judge a good Chinese place. They got good, good, good those. Um, you know what's actually really good is the Lemoore's South Erie Pizza. Oh yes. Ooh, their their pretzels are fantastic. Like we got we got their Reuben pretzel this past weekend. Really good. Reuben pretzel. I am also intrigued, dude. It's one of those giant pretzels, like the like you know you would go to the Bison, you can get the pretzel. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Just it's a Reuben. Okay. Oh, they also have a buffalo chicken one and. Sounds, dude, it's phenomenal. I 100%. Listen, I'm a big Reuben guy, but Rob is a big, big Reuben guy. But they have a turkey Reuben too. They have have corned beef and they have a turkey Reuben. Sounds good. Uh, so yeah, the Lamore's pizza thing, um, it's like the same thing at Erie Street, right? You know, pretty similar. Similar, similar. I think they're owned by, I think them and the the bison owns them as well. I think Uh, they're all three. Erie Street and bison are the same, like parent, whatever. Um, Erie Street, they have good deals on pizza. Mm-hmm. On Thursday, it's buy one get one free pizzas. Oh, that sounds like dinner tomorrow. Uh, best <laughs> it's burger, great. Best burger in Maslin is uh, the Kendall Tavern. Absolutely, mm-hmm. I, I can get behind. I that. was going to correct you if you didn't say that. But I've never been to uh, Cameo. I Cameo. I've, Cameo. Yet, to, I've yeah. yet to go there, so I can't really. But I'm not afraid to say that the best burger is the is at Kendall. He does yes. a great job in that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I am a Krause's East Side guy. It's okay. Not everybody's perfect. Um, <laughs> East side. It's correct side. Um, their wings are also pretty good over there. Mm-hmm. Um, also, not Smiley's wings are pretty good, too. Smiley's great place. Smiley's has some I've never had their wings. Stuff. I've never had their wings, though. I've never really had any pizza places wings. I have, uh, I'll have their stromboli. It's pretty good. I don't like yeah. their... The more stromboli's better than Smiley's, but Smiley's... Calzone with the ricotta cheese is <sighs> phenomenal. Oh, I'm a fat guy, so I understand. You got to understand the food. Yeah. I, I judge a good food place. Yeah. Um, I'm trying to think what else we've tried. I Have mean, you had Jay's Pizza? Yeah, we had Jay's actually. Coach, shout out to Coach Morgan. He had pizza mm-hmm. brought to us um, this past Friday. It was pretty good. It's not terrible. Um, your pizza's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm trying to think what else we've. Uh, fun fact: I always thought your pizza place was it was like a Maslin thing or a, a local place. It's definitely. I mean, well, I, I went know the owner. It a Northeast Ohio thing. I went down to New Philly. And they they have a your pizza place, oh. and I was like shook to the soul. Yeah. I, I didn't know what to do with myself. I'm passing. I'm like, am I, am I in, still in New Philly? Is there some Twilight Zone shit right here? It's like I, I know the person that owns the one in Maslin. Mm-hmm. I didn't know there was more. Yeah, like. I understand. I can even understand if it's a you know a small franchise. So yeah, you got yeah, some yeah. places, but like Maslin or New Philly, I haven't seen one in between. I I was shook. We've yeah. also we get Mexican at the the place out there by right in front of Home Depot. Agave, Agave? Uh, Agave. Oh, Agave. Agave. yes, that's pretty good. High quality place. Mm-hmm. Um, never been in there. That was a COVID thing. I mean, we moved. We literally moved in uh, June, mm-hmm. so um, we haven't explored too much. Um, but I am a fan of Krause's on the east side. I got to try the Chinese places. We had the one out in front of Target, out of number one kitchen. It didn't reach really my expectations. There. It wasn't my, my cup of tea. No? Um, 
I'm trying to think oh, other. Was up, it uh, okay? I was trying to figure out where that even right was. In the front, yeah, right up in by here. GameStop, yeah, okay. which yeah. isn't there anymore. But where GameStop Wait, was? That GameStop's not there anymore. No, they're out. They're gone. Oh back. God. Oh. I don't really pay attention, but I always I was just kind of a landmark. Yeah. Yeah. Speaking of that, I tried to buy a controller during COVID. They were out of those too, man. <sighs> For what sti- uh, what system? Uh, I don't buy the Walmart brand. I buy the Xbox. Ah. <laughs> All right. um, and actually I'm getting text messages as we speak from some of our coaches that want to play <laughs> Call of Duty we play Warzone Get on, on Xbox huh oh uh, yeah Coach Miller and Coach Mazer both play on PlayStation so mm-hmm. it's cross platform attaboys um, that's what I like to hear but Coach Jar and I are Xbox so yeah Man, I haven't played it Coach Stu so as well as an Xbox yeah. but yeah I'm, tr- I'm trying to think of other food places we've hit up um we go up to Three Brothers up in Jackson. It's mm-hmm. not bad. Mm-hmm. It's a good little little spot. It's kind of expensive, but it's a nice place to take the kids. But Never been there. Yep. Pretty good. Yeah. Supposedly they have the Irish, the old Irish wing recipe. Irish exchange. Oh, oh, okay. That would change that, things a that little bit. That would actually yeah. change things. That's we, what it says on their menu, boys. I'll tell you that. It does say that. Might need to make a trip up there. Yeah. Last time I was at Irish, they, like, they were in the in the middle of changing ownership like twice or something and it was it was whatever where they were shut down for a while and they open up for mckinley that's place right across by progressive by right? yeah progressive, right at yeah. that the okay. whales I, Hills and Dales. I need to go there yes well I, yeah i don't know about now meldrum's was pretty good i had there for lunch meldrum's oh, is go. really good it's a hidden spot man uh-huh. that is it's a nice it's old school diner it's mm-hmm. old school oh it's it's incredible like yeah. especially if you're a big breakfast food guy I am. oh it's good he's good I asked. I got like a custom. I, about yeah. I got like a custom omelet, and when you do that, it's only like three or four toppings, and that boy was the whole plate. Wow, not bad, not bad. Also, a hot dog is not a sandwich. That's fine that you have that wrong opinion, but you know we can move along from that. What? what uh, it's only one bun. What happens if I split it in two? It's still one. It started out as one piece of bread. You ever go to Subway? Didn't bread start in a loaf? Do you ever go to Subway? Yeah, they have cake. They serve cake now. (laughs) Did you see that out over in Europe? (laughs) It's like legally cake now because there's so much sugar in the bread. Yeah. Yeah. It's a hot dog. It's it's not a sandwich. Nobody says... Now, I don't know why they say sausage sandwich up here. It makes no sense to me. It's a sausage. All right. A hot dog is not a sausage because actually me and Rob had this conversation looking at the... uh, Looking at the nutrition label on hot dogs, there's just as much protein in a hot dog as there is in a pop tart. Pa- a, a, both pop tarts in a pack. Both pop tarts, yes. Yeah. So you get but, not not a lot. But yeah. uh, that's just my opinion. Yeah. So it's a ravioli. I, I I see both sides. Mm-hmm. It's not a ravioli. <laughs> <laughs> it's a terrible. That's that's a. Are you, are you saying a pop tart's a ravioli? Oh no, I, I totally. Yeah. All right. Full disclosure, I like I came to both of my hot dog is a sandwich and pop tart is a ravioli. I came to both of those because that like came out to be the minority here, so I just That's have to die true. on the hill. A pop tart is not a ravioli either. Listen, you, you get... boil you boil a ravioli. Oh. You boil ravioli. Now the fried ravioli is still boiled pre. Still boiled pre. So I can let not mm. I can get behind that argument I've never heard that one before ravioli is boiled ravioli is boiled hmm. 
Good Mythical Morning probably has, if you ever watched yeah. that. All right. All right, let's get on with our so, top five. So that's your FW Runner and Sons question of the week of where you like to go eat. We got a mishmash, and we came to the conclusion that ravioli has to be boiled. Uh, I'm also taking suggestions on food food spots. All right. I'm not against. I'm not against uh, old timers wings. Yeah, old timers wings. If you want a chicken that can you know jump, it's got a forty inch vertical. They don't do chicken wings. They're like turkey wings. They're baby Thursdays are fifty cent wings and Tuesdays. Was it Tuesdays and Thursdays? And Thursdays. No, they changed. Yeah. So it's just Tuesdays now. Just Tuesday. All right. Well, whatever. Point is, these wings are humongous. I'm down. And, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, I, I'll eat like eight of them before, which, for context, yeah. when I go to other places, I'll eat 20, 25 wings. Wow. But at this place, eight does the trick. Listen, I will fully endorse them if they want to endorse us. So that's uh, at Black Swarm Pod on Twitter <laughs> or Facebook. Still good wings. Yeah. Good wings. <laughs> All right. Uh, last but not least, we have our, we just like to argue about top five stuff. This one was. Coach Chip's idea. Yeah, we're going top five Disney movies. Yeah. So listen, I'm a big Disney fan. You go to my Instagram, Disney Dad. I'd go to Disney World for vacation every year if my wife would allow it. My kids are all about it. Um, number one, you can go to Disney World, and as a fat guy, I can get on a roller coaster and be comfortable, which is a very appealing hat, appealing yeah. thing to do. I mean, I can go ride a roller coaster with my kids. I uh, can't always do that at Cedar Point. But I mean, yeah. to be fair, though, you're not just a fat guy. You're a 6'6 six, six fat guy. Yeah, I'm an athletic. 6'6 six, six is large human. Yeah. So, yeah, top five um, Disney movies. So, I, I I started at the five and I go down. I'm a, right. I'm a, I'm a countdown guy. I like it. Um, we can do that. So, number five, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm going to say Brink. The old Disney Channel original movie about Brink. skate, uh, skate uh, on skates, rollerblades. I don't know. It's just it's a it's a movie. I like that movie. I still I've watched I, it. It's listen, on Disney Plus. Full disclosure: I know Brink's Home Security. Yeah. I <laughs> I don't know Brink the Disney movie. It's a pretty good movie. All right. My daughter would be upset. I probably maybe I should have said Frozen, but whatever. Uh, number four, Cars, the first one. That one made my mishmash of six. Yeah, yeah. So Cars is number four. It's, it's uh, Tow Mater is definitely a character that is fantastic. It is a pretty good character. Yeah, I can't argue with that one. Um, number three, heavyweights. 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 This is going to be a movie you guys are going to want to watch. It's on Disney Plus. Okay. All right, it's a bunch about a fat kids going to fat camp. It's got all it's got all the guys from the Mighty Ducks movie. All right, Ben Stiller is the lead character. So this is like his dodgeball character before he was in dodgeball. Correct. No, it's more his dodgeball character after he sold got rid of the dodgeball global gym. Oh, he's a fitness guru that's trying to whip these kids into shape at summer camp. And, oh. they, and they take like they had the blob, and the yeah. heat pierces it, and it flattens it out. He makes them makes them lose weight, and they like get on the scale, get off the scale. It's fantastic. One of it's probably we could have done top five Ben Stiller movies too, but it would heavyweights is in there for me. All right. Um, 
Number two, Mighty Ducks 2. Mighty Ducks 2? Mighty Ducks 2. Oh. Disney movie. Not often you see a sequel in the in the top five anywhere. T- Team USA. Team USA all the way. Listen, I have, Mir- I have Miracle on Ice for that. All right. That's, which is a Disney movie. Is it? It is a Disney movie. Oh, I got it. <laughs> Damn it. Um, Mighty Ducks 2, man. Emilio Estevez at his finest? Joshua Jackson, yeah. I mean, tra- playing Charlie Conway. They they beat they beat Iceland. Full disclosure: I watched these movies when I was a little guy, so you, I don't have much dude, of a, you adult context to it. But fantastic movie! All right, number one's Toy Story, which is a Pixar movie, which yes. Disney now owns, and they would say it's probably a Disney movie. But it's always been a Disney Pixar thing, right? Yes, they've always okay. They merged eventually, but yes. Um, so we did include Pixar movies in this. Mm-hmm. Um, my I thought about going Disney characters, but I think movies are better. Yeah. Um, but but I'd like to give a shout out to the the blinking light for the Pixar. Yeah. Hop over and land on the eye, because he would have been in my top five of Disney characters. Disney characters. If you let me sit down and write out a top five of Disney characters, I, he's probably not in there, but off the top of my head, he is definitely top five. <laughs> yeah, I don't know what that guy's name is, but that guy's sweet. Uh, let's just call him Lamp. Lampy. Lampy. All right. Solid top five. Heavyweights, you've got to watch it. It is It's a classic movie. As a former slash kind of current fat kid, I can definitely get behind that. Yeah. Very relatable. All right, so I'll I'll take your lead. Go five to one. Number five, I'm gonna go Pirates of the Caribbean at World's End. Ooh, the third one. You know, I saw that when it came out. The day it came out on, I saw it on Thursday at uh, midnight. The day it came out. Yeah, that'd have been my senior year of high school, 2008. That sounds right. So I didn't see it like the weekend, the day or the weekend it came out, but I saw it in theaters. Yeah, and yeah. Good movie. It was a good movie. Good movie. We were having this conversation off air beforehand where they kind of peaked at three and then started going back downhill again. I like the original one of those, but it is it is good. I like God I mean, bless you. I think it also plays into the fact that three's on TV a lot. Three is a good movie though. So like all you know, it's Two's the worst one. one. Which one's that? Of the of the top of the first three. Yes. I can get behind that one. Is that the Davy Jones one? Yes. Two and three are David Jones. Yeah. Two and three? Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. All right. Which is the one with the water wheel. Moving along. <laughs> number list, f- Jim. Number four, Hercules. Hey, probably one of the best songs in Hercules is one of the mm-hmm. best Disney songs that nobody ever listens to. I can go the distance. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Fantastic song. It's if you If you're a person who needs to... Needs that extra edge. Like I, I listen to some um, Disney podcasts, and one of them's like a, a they run, mm-hmm. and the one guy says every time I get to that point of my run, I play that song because I need to know that I can finish it. It's a fantastic song. Hercules, great movie. A lot of uh, a lot of a lot of good songs on there. Overall, good story. I like the kind of retelling, especially like watching it as an adult, kind of knowing the Hercules story. Yeah. Well, I watched it with my kids uh, about earlier this summer. And who is it? James Woods? Was that Hades? James that sounds right. That I gotta look it up. Yeah, that's that's a top five Disney villain right there. It is. I, I think he that. was a really good villain. Um, Cruella Deville's in the top five of Disney villains as well. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. 
right. Uh, number three, The Incredibles. Oh. Disney Pixar right there. Yeah. Um, I I don't know. It's like it's kind of cool to see like, you know, you got you, you kind of grow up watching these superhero movies, Superman, Batman, all this stuff. Like, what happens when people get tired of them just, you know. So I get my doppelgangers. I get two of them. Mm-hmm. Peter Griffin and Mr. Incredible. <laughs> I get Mr. Incredible too. <laughs> I, I can see both. I can see both, and it's pretty good. Did you know that The Incredibles was based in like the fifties? Yeah, it was like in the sixties, fifties or sixties. I didn't know that until the second movie. I didn't. I didn't pick up on it when I was a kid because that's not like something yeah. you look at. But I watched it a few years ago because for some reason it always gets shown on like during a Christmas Freeform, movie. Yeah, yeah. yeah, and yeah, I'm like, wait, this is kind of. I like it. I like yeah, that kind of throwback yeah. stuff. Uh, let's see. Da, 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 three. Number two. This threw me off when I saw this was a Disney movie. Remember the Titans. Yeah, I thought about having it in my list, too. And it was my number one until we added back in the <laughs> Pixar movies. Fun fact about Remember the Titans. I've met, mm-hmm. Herm, uh, met Herman Boone before he died. Really? I was at uh, the All-American Combine in San Antonio, and he was one of the guest speakers. I got to meet him. Holy hell. That's pretty cool. How was he as a human? I mean, Fantastic. Just, he was very energetic. Mm-hmm. Good dude, man. Damn. That's... Damn. <laughs> yeah. Number one, we got the same thing. Toy Story. Yeah, it's Kicked classic. off the Disney Pixar. Classic Disney. And Jim, shut up. <laughs> Honestly, I could watch it, any of the Toy Stories. Toy Story 4 got a little bit weird, mm-hmm. but 3 was really sad. Yeah. It made me think about all my toys and made me yeah. think I was a little kid. And it was mm-hmm. like, like my mom still has a bunch of my toys and now she's like giving them to me, like let my kids play with. It's, it's kind of sad. It's like Toy Story 2 is a good sequel, you know, not. I thought it was a great sequel. I, I, it was good. Like, it, I'm not. You added some new characters in with Jesse and mm-hmm. Bullseye and the prospect. It, it was like back when people knew how to make sequels when it was, when it just wasn't like well, it was also throwbacks like to all the Four first or five thing. years later, too. It yeah. wasn't like it was. A year later. But Toy Story 3 was like made for the same kids that grew up with Toy Story 1 and 2. Correct. To your point. 100%. And just. I saw it in the 3D at the movie theater. I was in college. I saw Toy Story 3. I'm kind of jealous. Damn. (coughs) With my wife. Oh, yeah? Yeah. We'd been dating at the time, but yeah. Me and my girlfriend actually went and saw the last Star Wars movie. Oh, nice. The what was it, episode um, uh, Skywalker um, Rise of Skywalker Rise of Skywalker. Yeah, I look over and she's like crying, and I'm like, "You're a bigger Star Wars friend than I am." <laughs> I like Star Wars. Don't get me wrong; great movies, great series, love it. But I'm like, "You're way more." I, none of you guys had Ray. Ray's a definitely a top five character. She did fantastic. <sighs> she. So my only issue with Ray is she just like. Oh yeah, you you have the force, you have that power, and then she just turned into Superman. And also, nobody had Princess Leia, and I'm not talking about her as princess. When she became general, it was fantastic. She did a gr- yeah, they did a great job with her, and the and then she obviously passed away during the middle mm-hmm. of filming the last one. But she was a very good character. We don't talk about those last three movies; they don't exist, in my opinion. You probably are. Right. You're probably a big fan of Menace fan too. I love big Jar Jar Binks guy. Jim Matigley is. I get get why he's in the top five, but he's an awful character. A horrible character. Loved loved him. He's terrible, terrible character. All right, Rob. All right, Rob. What do you got? So my issue is that I have four, 
you know, I have a top four, and then I have seven others <laughs> that, are, that are competing for the five spot. All right, I want to go to seven. I'm, I'm. All right, let, let's start with your mishmash of uh, five, and then we'll go from there. Low to high. We just did low to high. Go low, low to high. high. So you want to hear the, the contenders? Seven. Yeah, yes. let's hear the contenders. All right, I think I have one that if I had to, if I had to pick one out of these. But I have seven written down for the five spot. Um, Aristocats. Ooh. I forgot that, about that. I wasn't a big fan of that movie. Yeah, it's probably not the best movie, but it was one of the ones that I, good, it's probably one of the ones that I've seen a lot, and I was some like, oh, yeah. Movie. yeah. Was that? Uh, no, never mind. Go ahead. It's about the cats. Yeah. Yes. And they're playing piano. And the, yeah. the ducks yeah, no, or geese or whatever. Um, another one, kind of the same category, The Great Mouse Detective. Not a larger name film, but it was pretty good. I watched it a lot as a kid. With the rat? Yeah. In the bat? Yes, in the yes, back. Great yes, movie. it is a great movie. Great I know. Movie. What's it? What's it called? The Great Mouse Detective. I don't know. What's uh, I don't it's, know. It's is actually, that animated or yeah, like? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's so good. Cartoon drawn. The rats yeah, it's scared okay. the shit out of Young Jim. Oh, all right, yeah. it's kind of creepy because there's an evil rat. Evil rat. It's like all mice and then a rat and the rat. Huge was, fat rat. <laughs> and he had a bat companion, so you have a bat and a rat, and it's the rat's creepy. Kind of scary. Yeah, the rat is like a weird like Disney Plus. Right. What was the one Disney movie real quick as a side where it's like they're all rats or whatever and I think they're trying to go to America Ratatouille? or something? No. <laughs> and the main villain has like a cat as a pet that he just like feeds the bad mice or rats to. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Because that messed me up as a kid. I, I remember like as I was a real young kid. I watched that and they like there was a drunk mouse that called the main villain a rat. And he just like okay, into the cat room, and he just ate the drunk, the drunk mouse. I'm like, well, that was dark. I was like five years old, and it's like it was a Disney movie, but I know what you're talking about. Okay, I don't know. All right, at least good. Glad to know it wasn't a fever dream. <laughs> Moving along, Bugs Life. They uh, yeah, I, I remember seeing that in the movie yeah. theater. They had great. That has great outtakes, by the way. If you ever watch it all the way through, the outtakes of Bugs <sighs> Life, fantastic. My dad and I, watched, I think, saw it at Christmas Day. And we were crying laughing. That's the one thing about the early like Disney Pixar stuff. Well, they they will go out of their way to animate the outtakes and shit. Yes. Yeah, I'm like, yes, mm-hmm. this is incredible. Uh, Monsters Inc. Great one. Yeah, that was just outside my top five. There's one of the I like. Uh, I like the sequel as well. Um, National Treasure. Oh yeah, it is a Disney movie. Oh, yeah. I forgot that was a Disney movie. I just found that out. Two minutes ago. Yeah. Not in my top five, but just outside. I think yeah. that's the one I would have put like as five. Yeah. National Treasure, yeah. just because. Um, it's a good movie. second yeah. one's pretty good, too. Yeah. yeah. Wally. Wally. Also, just outside. My, that was actually in my top five for a hot second until we, yeah, until I was He's reminded. He's definitely of a top five character as well. Yeah. Absolutely. And I've only seen that. There's. Um, the grandpa from Up is also in there as well. Yes. Mm-hmm. Oh, the first five minutes of Up is one of the best love stories in cinema history, period, dot blank. It's a sad movie, too. Oh, God. It's slow, but it's sad. It's mm-hmm. like the first the first part of Up is like the last part of Marley and Me. Yep. You're just sitting there like, this is not, you're just sitting there, tears running down your face like, this is not what I was here for. <laughs> yep. Uh, and the last contender for the fifth spot is Big Hero Six. You know, I've never watched it all which the way through. I did Haven't not, which I did it. not think it was a Disney movie. Oh yeah, you can go and meet it Baymax is for sure. Down at Epcot, you can meet Baymax. It's uh, it was a real. I really liked it when it came out. 
Okay. It was pretty good, I thought. I never watched that one. It's different, which is why I didn't think it was Disney. Yeah, it's uh, but, uh, it's, it's, it's it is, a good yeah. movie. It's a I think it's, I don't think it's Pixar either. I think it's true Disney. Really? Really? It may be a Pixar yeah. movie, but I'm not 100% sure on that. The cover has like the Disney name cuz like yeah. If you heard me earlier, I was going through this stuff before we started. I was like, that's not a Disney movie then on the cover it says Disney Big yeah. Hero 6. I was like, oh, I guess it's Disney. All right, okay. yeah, sure, you got me. Um all right, so then my top 4. Yeah, it's not it's not a uh Pixar stuff wow. in Disney. Wow. Uh, yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, there's some like humor in there as well. Mm-hmm. So, number four, I want Toy Story. Makes okay. sense. Yeah. Uh, number three, Hercules. Yep. Attaboy. Number two is Mulan. All now, right. You know what? One of the best songs is uh, the Donny Osmond song. Uh, I'm going to make a man, make out, a man out of you. Yeah. That, yeah. that seems. Yeah. I'm not a huge fan of that movie, like especially the beginning, but that song I like, and then I love the end of that movie. Yeah. One of the fun facts about that, uh, Milan, is when... A couple good songs in there. Yeah. When she's like, as the female, they draw her chin a little more slender, but when she's like disguised as a male, they draw her chin a little more yeah, squared, off. squared off. You can see that in the cover with like the dual you know, male-female thing with the sword. Mm, that's not something I would have ever picked up on. I, I wouldn't have either. I just read no, this fun is the fact cartoon, somewhere. not the live remake that they just released. Right? Chris, I don't recognize I the live them, remake because I it doesn't have that, the dragon. I heard that they don't have... Yeah, they don't have the dragon. Hmm. They also don't have any songs. What? And they cut out like the comedic side of it altogether. Which I was like, okay, I'm not watching it. Uh, yeah, I, I can't watch that. Suppo- I mean, I haven't watched it, but this is a what? Yeah, a that's Eddie Griffin or Eddie right. uh, Murphy. Eddie, Eddie Murphy. Murphy yeah. yeah, yeah. They said I, I was listening you know to the critic. Yes. Yeah. What's oh, his name? What's his name? Mufu. Musu. Mufasa. No, Mufasa is the Lion King. It's like Mushu. 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 Yeah. Supposedly, this is what the critic said that I listened to, and he's a he's like, yeah, no musicals, no dragon, no comedy. And I was all like, right. what the heck? This not isn't even. Not worth, I was going to say, I, I can't yeah, imagine that. Like, all right, guys, so we're going to remake. Uh, we're going to remake I mean, this movie. Aladdin's. So we're going to take out all of the best parts of it. I haven't seen The Aladdin uh, remake's not very good. I haven't seen But it. the music's phenomenal of it. Hmm. Mm. I mean, you got Will Smith singing. So yeah. Yeah. Really, can't be bad. No. Will Smith, just like, he can be in a horrible movie and it makes, he makes everything look cool. Yeah. Uh, with that, I had Aladdin number one. Wow. The original? Choice. Yes, the had original. The Good. Had, um, had to check. And uh, yeah, when I, when I was a kid, I, I watched all. Mm-hmm. I, had, I watched the three Aladdins. And a lot of people don't know there was more than one Aladdin. But I... Most people know the second one. The third one's very, very, very rare. I almost put Santa Claus in mine. Is oh. that a Disney movie? <laughs> it's a Disney movie. Oh, my top five just got shook up. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. Especially, so my wife's had our Christmas tree up. Um... <laughs> Probably since before McKinley. Right now, yeah, I don't know. She got a new. We obviously we moved. It's mm-hmm. been up for over a month. Really? Yeah. Okay, so I'm a big Christmas guy. Love the Christmas season. Yeah. I will watch Christmas movies, listen to Christmas. And have you started already? No. Here's because here's the tradition that my dad instilled in me. Christmas season doesn't start. Until Maslin football is over. Oh, so we've had like you know seasons where. Yeah, obviously uh, last year we were in the middle of December. Last few years, you know, it's yeah. like early December. I'm like, 
I'm kind of getting antsy. Like, we we putting up the tree yet? Like, is it <laughs> is, is it time? <laughs> but there's been other times where it's like you know McKinley's last game, and it's kind of a sad Sunday. Like, fuck, guess it's time to put the tree up. <laughs> Nothing else to do. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so for right now, it's still mass and football season. I refuse mm-hmm. to acknowledge the uh, one oh one seven, one oh two one, and one oh five seven playing Christmas music. Yeah. Yes, I have those on my radio, like programmed and memorized. But uh, I, I just can't do it yet. It's still mass and football. By the way, we talk about top five Disney characters. Mickey Mouse is number one, in my opinion. OG has to be. I haven't really watched much stuff with Mickey Mouse in it. That's because there's not a whole lot. You gotta. I almost my other top five was gonna be cartoon characters. Bugs Bunny number one OG doesn't. Nobody can top it. Get the hell out of here with any other argument. Bugs Bunny number one. They were one and two. Oh, Anakin in the Clone Wars. Jim, Jim. why is Jim here? <laughs> I'm just glad that you said it. Yeah. <laughs> It's just glad we got the guests to say it. You know, you get that outside what perspective. What have you known that we have a fourth microphone? <laughs> we just don't have it plugged in. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, Woo. That's supposed to be the sound guy. So, uh, so swinging back around, Santa Claus is a Disney movie? Yeah. I have a new top five. <laughs> All right, sorry, Pirates of the Caribbean, you gone. Santa Claus, the original. Yep. Is oh. is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Is Die Hard a Christmas movie? Yeah, I would say it is. Good, good but you can watch. I think it's you can watch it anytime. Oh, no, you year. can watch it whenever. But it is, yeah. it is a Christmas movie. Hey, you know what's crazy? So we were at Disney World a couple years ago, and we were in the toy store getting ready to get our picture taken with Buzz and Woody. On the wall, they've got this the tools and stuff. Binford Tools is what it says. Binford? Binford? Binford Tools. Oh. And I like went nuts. Tool time. Right? Home Improvement, huh? Home Improvement. Yeah. Love oh that show. Oh, my God. <sighs> great. That was, that was a great back Binford in the tool. day kind of. Home Improvement. I forget what channel always had it on, like the morning in the afternoon. There's like TBS. TBS? TBS. They had these weird did. time slots. It was like always Home Improvement and Married with Children. Yeah. Back to back. Two very, very different shows, yeah. but high quality straight from the 90s. Yep. I remember Married with Children would come on like right before I had to go to school. Yeah. And I would still be like in a nappy daze of not wanting to wake up. And then that theme song would kick in. And it's like, oh, God. I grew up watching. Uh, my dad would watch MASH. And then MASH, yep. when MASH was over, we'd turn on Saved by the Bell. <laughs> wow. That's quite the dichotomy right there, too. I kind of caught like the tail end of Saved by the oh, Bell when I was young. Got, but My parents were divorced. So my dad would come over to our house. Um, and he'd be watching. And then I'd mm-hmm. wake up. And so I'd, I'd, he'd like make me breakfast, and when he was doing that, it was like almost like seven or seven thirty. I'd be switching it over to. <laughs> <laughs> That's when he would start reading the newspaper. Hell yeah, Mash good show. Mash great show. Mash is good show. Yeah. All right, so that's our top five Disney movies. You know, mm-hmm. feel free to let us know what you got, Jim. You don't count. You don't have a microphone. Um, <laughs> still crowdsourcing stuff for our all decade team of Maslin. You know, we had great response to the last last week when we asked for it. And by great response, I mean literally nobody told us anything. So thanks, guys. <laughs> um, I could probably give you a quarterback. 
<laughs> there's a couple you, of them, though. Yeah, I'd give you a quarterback, Kemp, too. There's, there, there's, there's yeah. only a couple of them, actually. There's yeah. literally there's four. Couple, there's only a couple options. Yeah. Total, yeah. Um, but a couple great ones. Yeah, a couple great ones. I guess uh, that's all I got. Anybody got anything else? Go Tigers. Yeah. Go Tigers. Beat LaSalle. Beat LaSalle. Certain